Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. Didn't it kind of blow your mind a couple episodes back when we talked about great enterprise pivots? It sure did for me as I reported on the reality of it all from Ford to Microsoft, from Toyota to Samsung. Wow, what a lineup of great enterprise pivots. Then we explored the Magna Carta and the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, extraordinary pivots for human political freedom. Last, we topped it all off with, what else? God's great pivot for all humankind through Christ and the cross. Now we're turning to the companion idea, that of great personal pivots. In fact, the right place to start talking about great personal pivots are the very people who are the key drivers for great enterprise pivots. You see, Henry Ford had a personal epiphany that led to his use of assembly lines. This enabled him to pivot to much less expensive cars while simultaneously multiplying the wages of Ford's employees. That's right. It's very hard to separate the personal pivot from the enterprise pivot, and we shouldn't try. The same goes for Bill Gates. When Gates became convinced that the Internet was the next big thing, Well, it's obvious he was in the key stewardship position for Microsoft as CEO to make the great enterprise pivot for Microsoft. Yes, Gay's personal epiphany matched up exactly with the needs and opportunities ahead for Microsoft. And much the same is true for all the truly great stewards at the top of their organizations who pivot. Okay, that's all well and good for those highfalutin CEOs who are in an ideal position to make a difference. But what about everyone else? What happens when non-CEOs or even middle managers have made or are about ready to make a thoughtfully identified, crucial, personal pivot? But that pivot is not necessarily aligned with their workplace organization's focus. Is such a thing still important enough to proceed? What if the organization won't recognize the need? Or worse, idly rejects the person trying to make the pivot? Well, there's a really key answer to that. Pivot anyway! (laughs) So, here's the specific way I handle this essential issue with university students focused on a meaningful workplace career. Each and every person's personal stewardship of the gifts that God has given them is paramount. Therefore, they should honor God by constantly honing, upgrading, and advancing their gifting. I call this being a true knowledge worker. Let's back up. So just what is a true knowledge worker? It's consistently being an elite performer in your field of specialization. Centuries ago, 
that likely meant that you learned how to be, say, a great rice farmer, a skill passed on by many generations of family workers. But in the modern technological era, knowledge is advancing so rapidly that each person must take complete ownership of their knowledge worker status. And they should do so, even if their current workplace enterprise doesn't really value the degree at which they perform or are escalating to. Because God can easily be calling you to a higher standard as a knowledge worker than your workplace is. Since God's standards are always the highest, that's not hard to imagine. Here's an example. Just last weekend, I spotted a Christian business school graduate who was a student of mine. He's blessed to be working at a really great company. I asked him what was going on in his life, and he grinned and said he was learning SQL. Now, SQL stands for Structured Query Language, a programming language for storing and processing information in a relational database. And I'm certain that his employer isn't directly asking him to learn that. But once a knowledge worker like this guy has reached a level of mastery of SQL, a truly great company will work to match up that fresh competency earned by a motivated person with a different, more advanced position. But here's the key for this Christian brother. If the company does not do so, then as a matter of the next step of personal stewardship, he should then pursue the opportunities that his knowledge pivot in learning SQL leverages him to. That's the point. You make the pivots that you know you need to, even if those around you are oblivious to the need or the opportunity. That's what being a great knowledge worker is all about. And there are real downsides when you don't pursue personal pivots in a technology-advancing era. You will personally be left in the dust, and it's simply not good stewardship of your gifting from God. So, great personal pivoting is not a luxury It's really a very necessary mindset, actually a way of life. And guess what? Truly great enterprises are always looking for truly great personal pivoters. Ultimately, those types of enterprises will rise to the occasion. Hey, may God richly bless you as you keep on the path of great personal pivots in your career. But always be aware that there's often a mismatch in timing between your readiness and your organization's full appreciation of your boosted-up capabilities. But here's one amazing and enduring reality about great personal pivots that you can count on 100%. And the unique enterprise that personifies this reality is one you're likely already a part of, the kingdom of God. And seriously, what I'm about to say could change the rest of your life, even your eternal destiny. Here's the foundational truth that Jesus laid out for the Pharisee Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews who came to visit him in the middle of the night. You see, Nicodemus somehow intuitively knew, perhaps even spiritually sensed, that there was a great pivot coming. And Jesus didn't disappoint, telling Nicodemus, quote, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, unquote. John 3, 3 in the ESV. And then, of course, the greatest pivot in all history manifested with Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection, and his ascension. A key result of that great pivot, as Paul wrote to the Colossians, quote, God the Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, unquote. Colossians 1, verse 13. Did we say a great pivot? <laughs> but just who is in the kingdom? Well, all those who respond to the gospel of the kingdom of God and choose to believe in Christ and Him crucified. Yes, Christ took the sins of the whole world and paid the full price with His finished work on the cross. And as the Holy Spirit then woos every person, all that's left is for individuals to each choose to make the great personal pivot of exercising faith in Christ our Savior. Then, the result of this great personal pivot is extraordinary. Quote, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Unquote. 2 Corinthians 5.17 You see, Jesus made his great pivot on behalf of his Father and on behalf of every prospective believer. The Apostle John wrote it this way in his gospel, quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, unquote. John three sixteen and 17. May I intrude in the midst of this amazing story? At a Christian university, I have interacted with college students from many church backgrounds for many years, and more than a few were clearly not born again. That's a problem, as Jesus told Nicodemus. Some of those students have largely followed what I call a Mosesite model of religion. In contrast, to a Jesusite life in Christ. That's why Jesus' statement to Nicodemus, the law-teaching Pharisee, is so crucial for us to understand. Our great choice isn't about a Mosesite following of the law. It's about being born again by believing in Christ and Him crucified. Here's what Peter said in his very first sermon at Pentecost, quote, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, the Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified, unquote, Acts 2.36. Friends, this is the personal pivot that God requires of all in their testimony, that Jesus is Lord. That's the only way we, quote, see the kingdom, unquote, as Jesus said it to Nicodemus. That's the foundational pivot that God prepared for you to make from the very day of your birth, your great personal pivot to Christ. So if you haven't committed your life to Christ already, do so this very moment. And let me assure you of this. 
Henry Ford may not have been looking for you when you made a great personal pivot. Bill Gates may not have been looking for you when you made a great personal pivot. Elon Musk may not be looking for you as you make a great personal pivot. And the next business mogul may not be looking for you as you make a great personal pivot. But I can certainly assure you that Christ is looking for you as you make that great personal pivot into his kingdom. As Second Chronicles 16 and 9 says, quote, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards him, unquote. Hey, knowledge worker, how awesome is that? He's looking for you. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.